This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. And how are you doing on this fine Monday morning in some parts of the United States, Charlie? I'm feeling great. Good. I just saw from uh, one of our live group members that part five of the Twitter files just dropped about an hour ago. Really? So now we have... I didn't see. I was just looking. I saw it trending, but I couldn't find anything that was actually part five of the... What the heck is that? It still says the removal of Trump from Twitter. It's on Barry Weiss, has it. Is this another... Yeah, I'm already over the removal of Trump from Twitter ones. But um, that's number five? Hmm. How many about that are there going to be? I don't know. All right. Let's see if we can find this actual thread for part five. I don't know. I don't know. I was just looking at this. I need someone to send me the thread. Okay, what's up? This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Lately, it's been mainly on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with great interviews from all types of experts in different fields coming at you on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so make sure you're still keeping up on those days. You can go to joingml.com, joingml.com, or join ml.com whichever one you want to do and pay as little as six bucks a month join the private discord and hang out live with us during the show so some stuff happened over the weekend we're trying to confirm this number five i saw twitter files number five trending but i could not find the thread earlier it looks like there's only two on there i don't i think barry is it just starting right now maybe i don't know i don't i don't know what she is doing here but it doesn't look like a normal thread okay well, we'll figure this out. We'll get it all sorted out. I know that the four came out. I think Michael Schellenberger did one too. That might have been number three. Um, or Taibi did another number three. And then Schellenberger did number four, I believe. So we're doing this. Some people not not pumped about this whole Twitter files release thing. In the live group, tell us what you guys think about the way that this is being done. I see both ways. I saw Tim Poole complaining about it, that this whole thing was annoying. I kind of get that too because I'm already, I'm starting to lose interest a bit. Each one really needs to have some some type of bombshell, or they're going to become irrelevant. I think, and so that's something that uh, you know, hopefully they do with each one. Um, I understand why they're doing it like this because if they just dumped everything all at the same time, it would be this massive jumbled mess uh, all at the same time uh, of different headlines and stories about every single different thing that there was. And I, I think that maybe Musk is trying to focus some attention. The recent ones well, had it's a to great do, marketing tool. Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's we're going to release good. these secret doings mm-hmm. um, of our company on our company's website. Come look at it. And so you wonder why 
the, you know, allegedly Twitter growth, we don't know the actual numbers. They're a private company now. Twitter growth is up. User count is up. User interactions up. Time spent is up. And so part of it probably has to do with these Twitter files, I would say. Um, you know, I, what I will say is I've seen a lot of comments on these threads that say, uh, Twitter files one was a nothing burger and Twitter files two was another nothing burger. It's not nothing. This is what I find interesting about this is pre- previous beliefs that shadow banning and things like that. We, you, we, there was no smoking gun. You couldn't prove it, right? Everybody knew it was happening, but you couldn't, you couldn't prove it from Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, anything like that. And now you can. And now you can see that the actual conversations they were having before before removing people was politically motivated. And so there's more behind it than just that. But, you know, I've also, last night, watched a documentary. You should check it out. It's really disgusting, honestly. But it's about the, um, the Falwells, Liberty University, and how they endorsed President Trump. And then the pool boy who was having sex with the with the wife of this Christian university president while he watched and filmed. What are we talking about right yeah. now? What I'm saying is, is that <laughs> it's both sides. People. Okay. You're yeah. saying that no yeah. one, no one is perfect. Well, I'm just saying that the Democrats are in bed with tech companies and, and the, you know, the conservatives are literally in bed. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> with, when you get this high up, everyone's in bed with everyone, yeah. you know? That's why so many the, people want to attain these higher positions. The, uh, of all the beds. Yeah. The evangelicals. Mm-hmm. That's what they kept saying. I thought it was evangelical. I've always said even evangelicals. Yeah, they kept saying evangelicals. Sure. I'm like, who's, who's Evan? Who's Evan? <laughs> <laughs> barely, heard, barely heard of her. That's what I said. Um, but anyway, what's crazy to me is like as you, at, you know, on the left and the right, it's like they, they're just all in bed with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's, I find that no, really there's a big illusion that they're super different, like left and the right, especially once you get up to pol- the political level, like there, there's this illusion that they're very different, but they're really not. No, they're, they're really not. It's like a uh, shopping at one of those different grocery stores that Kroger owns. <laughs> you know? And you it's know, still just Kroger. You're telling me that if Trump had the access to, to silence Joe Biden's Twitter account or any of the stories coming out about him, of course he would. Do you think he would do it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he would, you know, his people would be meeting his uh, social media company wouldn't be meeting with the FBI and DHS and stuff and be like, Hey, yeah. Can you silence this one? Maybe buddy? sometime we'll figure out that he did, that he tried to. It's like, you know, it's just all a big bunch of corruption, but at least we have some proof of it now. It's always That's, good to at least know because uh, these companies, well, in my all, opinion, we've always known. Just like with the shadow banning, the biggest thing is, well, we already knew this. We already knew that they were shadow banning people. And we did. Uh, But the left said that it wasn't happening. Now, the most likely case was that they also, of course, they knew it was happening. They're just okay with it. They're totally fine with the shadow banning. But they had to say, no, no, it's not happening. You're just losing. Your message just isn't getting out there because your message is terrible. And so they would say, no, no, it's not happening. And they knew it was happening the whole time, too. They don't care. And they've already shifted on that. It shifted from, oh, there's no such thing as shadow banning, to, of course, we were suppressing really dangerous speech. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think yeah. we were, we were going to do? These people are too dangerous to allow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the, Well, shadow banning was transitory. <laughs> it know? was. Yeah. <laughs> it was for a while. Yeah. So, and then it became real. One thing I would do if I were Musk, the next batch, I would allow like a super leftist liberal 
outlet. Or maybe give it to someone at the New York Times or the Washington Post. Something like that. Because what I'd like to see is their take on it. And then he could also say, oh, here's all the stuff that they left out, by the way, when they release all this information. Maybe they would know that that was a trap immediately. The other stuff, here's the important one. And this is the one that's gonna that I'm really, really excited about. We'll see. Uh, Jay Bhattacharya, doctor, Dr. Jay, said that he spent the afternoon yesterday at Twitter HQ. This was on December 11th. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday, spent the afternoon at Twitter HQ at the invitation of Elon Musk to find out more about the trend blacklist that Twitter placed on me and more. A short thread. He said, Twitter 1.0 placed me on the blacklist the first day I joined in August 2021. I think it was my pinned tweet linking to the uh, Great Barrington Declaration that triggered the blacklist based on unspecified complaints Twitter received. Twitter 1.0 rejected request for verification by me and Martin Koldorf, I think is what that says over there. It's kind of far away. Each time the reasoning uh, was that we were not notable enough. He says they should have asked Francis Collins. He would have vouched for our standing as fringe epidemiologist. This... Uh, that is talking about that email between Collins and I don't know what's his name Fauci. Is that the guy? Science, science, science. Yeah, they were science emails. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. about how they were going to shut down this whole Great Barrington Declaration. What we might be learning the science, the science. What we might learn is that there was some more communication between Fauci, because, you know, they said they needed to shut this whole thing down pretty quickly. They could have sent some emails back hmm. and forth to people hmm. at Twitter about shutting down this guy. And maybe Dr. J was shut down by Anthony Fauci hmm. or someone working for him. That's potentially, of, allegedly. potentially. We don't know. There's been enough, though. Whatever it is, there's enough for Musk to say stuff like this, though. Like, he's, fa he's found <laughs> something. My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. <laughs> He's found something. And then he said the branch Covidians are upset. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. He also says the woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. Hmm. He is now saying that the woke, the wokes are the most dangerous thing to civilization. Might be onto something there. I think he's onto something. Yeah. So he's found something. It could have been his time with Dr. J talking about the great Barrington declaration, because you know, that whole idea was that we were going to focus, protect the vulnerable, the elderly and people who are immunocompromised and everyone else could just live their lives because looking at the COVID numbers, basically everyone else could live their lives and we needed to protect the immunocompromised and the elderly. Much like Sweden did. Kind of like what Sweden did. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe, through this conversation with Musk, uh, Musk has learned that we have maybe killed millions of people or destroyed our economy or destroyed the education of future generations. All so you're telling me that people die from other things besides COVID? I'm, you know, I don't want to throw out crazy conspiracy theories, but it does seem like people die from hmm. other stuff. I don't know. You, I don't, there's no so, way of knowing. So what you're saying is death comes a knocking in many forms. It's true. Yeah. Now, what do you think about this whole pro? Is that mean? Like, is it mean to to make fun of pronouns, Charlie? 
<laughs> As a libertarian, Charlie, what do you think about this pronoun fiasco? Of course fiasco? he's making fun of pronouns. I mean, is it mean? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm not saying he's making fun of it. This is him declaring what his pronouns are. Who am I to say that those aren't his pronouns? I find that pretty transphobic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, you uh, had a list of pronouns that you responded to uh, Naomi with? <laughs> Or, uh, uh, Nina Turner. Nina with? Yeah. It yeah. did pretty well, actually. It's got, <laughs> got some retweets and likes and stuff. She said, pronouns aren't a joke. And I said, yes, slash they, slash are. It's like the easiest response you could put on there. Which, so good. Which, of course, gets a lot of response back yeah. from people. Yeah. The dumbest things get the most response mm-hmm. on Twitter. I found it quite insightful. The more juvenile you can act on Twitter, the better <laughs> your account is going to do. That's that's what I found. So Well, of course, it's transphobic there because he's making fun of people who put their pronouns in their he says that profile he says that forcing your pronouns upon others when they didn't ask uh, and implicitly ostracizing those who don't is neither good nor kind and he said as for fauci this is where i think he's got something and the next twitter files are going to be in it he lied to congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people not awesome in my opinion which, if you look at mainstream news, we know that Fauci destroyed Ron Paul. He just or Rand Rand Paul, Paul in this destroys him. Yeah, puts him in so, his place. So, just like I've Rand been, Paul's neighbor. I've been seeing those videos go around again of <laughs> Rand Paul and Fauci getting into it, and uh, it's clear that Fauci lied to Congress, um, even when asked to retract a statement by Dr. Rand Paul. Still said no, and of course, what does Dr. Rand Paul know? I mean, he's just an eye doctor. Just knows right? eyes. Yeah. He looked in the Fauci's eyes, though. He could tell he but was lying. I, I think what Musk is getting at here is that there's a real danger, and this is what we've talked about since the very beginning. There's a real danger in for those people in power to never be wrong, to have, uh, let's say, a military, albeit um, not just a physical, but a cyber military on their side, uh, to control the narrative, control truth, in essence, um, and then also in this, um, in a world where nothing really matters, you know, finding out that things do matter, that, that, uh, a, let's say a biological truth or a fundamental truth does matter. And then, you know, going after, um, and exposing the hypocritical nature of these woke, wokists and doing it in a Quite a way that I, I tell Nate all the time. I'm like, I, I, I like aspire to be this guy. We, like, we generally are nicer to people. I think he's, I think he's going about, I, you're going to disagree. Here's our debate. I think he's doing it the wrong way, honestly. I think he, I get it, and we need all the stuff released. Twitter files, all that's totally fine. That is open and transparent. I get it. And I, I totally agree with all that happening. I think his dialogue is gonna is making him seem so biased towards the right so biased against the left and against all things woke that now twitter is just going to become this right-wing echo chamber and musk is just another maga hat wearing south american uh that uh probably is gonna south african south south american south african south african i just merged together the countries and now he's a south african american south african american yeah of course um and i don't think i i'm starting to worry about about whether or not this is going to end up well for him i don't Mm -hmm. know we'll see do you think he kind of did a switch like trump did 
you know, Trump was a, a Democrat for a long time and then switched to Republican because it would, it would be easier. And so people are going to paint him in that kind of light. Cause he said he was, you know, red wave. He said he was voting red. You know, he's tired of all of this. I, I aspire to be him because I think it's, he's the greatest internet troll that's ever lived. Oh yeah. So far. He's good. He's so good. And to be able to like, he responds in a similar fashion to like things that we say, mm-hmm. but he's got, 150 million followers 121 now. million sorry 121 million and so people see the same sarcastic rhetoric <laughs> that we talk about all the time actually in front of their face now in fact elon might even listen to the show i think he does it's one of his favorite ones yeah um covertly listening mm-hmm. which is fine because i don't want him to reveal all of his biases just like what i'm talking about right now exactly don't do yeah. it elon okay we don't want any contact with you and I, I'm worried about his... You could tweet, like, I don't listen to at Good AM Liberty. Yeah. I mean, just, just to say, get it out I there. I don't listen to, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you don't want... If you're silent right now, it's going to look like you're denying, like you're hiding something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get on to something else. Um, more of the pronoun stuff. This could have been in Dumbly, but I just wanted to mention things that happened over the weekend. Charles, Charles Booker, who ran against Rand Paul, uh, said that... His pronouns are he, him, and Elon Musk is inciting violence. Inciting violence Mm -hmm. by saying... Told you it was transphobic. Exactly. Speech is violence. And this is the thing. I mean, you got to police speech, man. If you don't Mm. like it, someone's going to end up doing something dangerous. Okay? Here's the next... We're moving on from the Musk thing. I wanted to show you an email that we got from uh, a listener who listened to our chat GPT episode. And they decided to ask some questions. It's from our listener, Bill, who sent over a couple questions. He asked two things. One of them was, has socialism caused the deaths of millions of people? And the other thing was, uh, in what cases has market-based economic system been associated with significant suffering and loss of life? And I wanted you to hear the difference in answers. Now, this is not a person. It's just, it's going to be interesting if people start taking this as fact because it scrapes the internet for everything, and they decide... Actually, it doesn't scrape the internet. It's what their database. Previous. Of yeah, every, it yeah. scrapes up to 2021 database that yeah. they have, whatever's in it. Well, it's Probably already been, it's already been fed all this. Yeah. yeah. It's, in a, it's on a hard drive somewhere yeah. that it scrapes. In the cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's on a, probably one of these Scandis things. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Scan, Scan, I can remember what that's it's right. called. All right. Yeah. Here, you can read this while okay. I'm trying to figure out the Has name of Has socialism caused the deaths of millions of people? Some critics, this is ChatGPT answering this. Some critics of socialism have argued that socialist policies and governments have caused the deaths of millions of people, often citing examples such as the famine in the Soviet Union in the 20s and the mass killings under communist regimes in countries such as China and Cambodia. However... It is important to note that the causes of these events, so imagine this was a fact checker, mm-hmm. be like mostly false. It would. Uh, and they even they in, qualify. In, in context here. However, they qualify. Critics some critics of socialism mm-hmm. argue this. However, it is important to note that the causes of these events are complex and cannot be attributed solely to socialist ideology. In many cases, other factors such as war, natural disasters, and mismanagement played a role in the deaths of large numbers of people. It is also worth noting that market-based economic systems have also been associated with significant suffering and loss of life in some cases. Okay, so you can't just attribute it to to that. I get it. And so now uh, he asks the question, what 
cases has a market-based economic system been associated with significant suffering and loss of life? Using the ending of the last response yes. to figure out. Yeah. So chat GPTs says here, market-based economic systems, which are also known as capitalist or free market systems, are characterized by the privatization of the means of production and the absence of government intervention in the economy. While these systems have been successful in promoting economic growth and prosperity in many cases, they have also been associated with significant suffering and loss of life in some instances. Now, not saying that critics say that. No, it does not say critics mm -mm. of capitalism say this. Now, it's going to give an example here. For example, during times of economic downturn or crisis, market-based systems can lead to high levels of unemployment, poverty, and inequality. In some cases, these conditions have contributed to social and political instability, which can lead to violence and conflict. Additionally, some critics argue, there we go, some critics mm. argue, that the pursuit of profit in a market-based system can lead to environmental degradation, which can have negative impacts on human health and well-being. Overall, while market-based economic <laughs> systems have been associated with significant achievements and benefits, they also have uh, led to significant suffering and loss of life in certain circumstances. So, What are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm not surprised. What interests me is, okay, so clearly... I don't think they coded it to do this specifically. No. I'm just thinking if you look at the, let's say the the research papers that are out there, the papers that have been published. Exactly where I was going to yeah, go with it. That. Yeah. So if you look at all that and you imagine feeding all of that into a system and it's looking for answers on this, it's probably going to pull from, you know, several yeah. Marxist papers that were. It crowdsources yeah. its answers and it, it gives its responses based on that. And what I really took from this is uh, there needs to be more people out there writing about free market economics and get that out there. Unfortunately, what you get are uh, your all of your institutions and your colleges. Of course, everyone's out there writing their thesis or whatever the heck they make students write. I don't know. And, uh, and they write about, you know, Marxism, how great it is or whatever, and how terrible capitalism is. And it pulls from all these papers and, of course, all the books and your popular ideology that's out there amongst most of the people. And it crowdsources the answers, and that's what it comes up with. As mm -hmm. a little bit of bias, uh, I wouldn't say against cap. It's a little bit of bias in the in the way that it protects socialism. I would say it says critics say this, and you can't attribute all this stuff to socialism, like exactly what you would hear from a lot of those papers. Mm. I just think it's what's going to be important. You know, we talk about uh, sunlight being good disinfectant with uh, Twitter, and we want to know what's going on behind the scenes there. We want to, we just want to have all the information. Eventually, stuff like this is going to become what people take as truth. It's going to fact check things. It's going to put context on things automatically. Not this one specifically, but we're going to get there. And when that happens with AI, what are they going to do other than? crowdsource all of their information, scrape the internet for every bit of information that it can possibly get and try to answer people's questions or come up with responses for stuff. And this is the kind of thing that we're going to be fighting against in the future. It's going to end up being no different from people because it's only taking information that people have given it to respond with. It doesn't seem much different than Google. No, honestly, it's not that different. So you can find similar articles researching those two different things on Google, by the way.
So thanks, Bill. It just summarized. For that. It summarized like all the articles that you would have pulled up mm-hmm. by typing these same questions into Google. Like the first, like first page search results mm-hmm. of, yeah. of that answer. First ten pages, probably. All right, I had to. Uh, I've got to get a something that was bothering me out into the open right quick. Okay, uh, Morocco. You know that World Cup thing's going on. That's pretty cool. They're making yeah. it pretty far. Seems like I think they're about to play France foosball. In in football, yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're going to play France on uh, the fourteenth, I believe. I just a little, a little quick search earlier to see if they were still in the thing. You've been on the edge of your seat. I'm so excited. The World Cup. I'm so excited. Now, yeah. This is like a Cinderella story right here. Mm-hmm. Morocco coming up and doing whatever the heck uh, they're yeah. doing. In Mainly soccer. because uh, Qatar is so accepting of the gays. That's, that's why, why it's you've so been important. Watching FIFA. Yeah, that's why I've been watching it. Yeah, for sure. I actually knew it would be safe to watch because I wouldn't be inundated with <laughs> gay the whole time. <laughs> just, just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Clearly. So Morocco, they're they're doing great. Well, our one of our favorites, Nina Turner, she notices that Morocco is trending on Twitter. And what does Nina Turner do when Morocco is trending on Twitter? She says, Hey, football, that's cool. Great yeah. job. It's good to see a team that no one expected to make it very far doing really well. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what a Nina Turner type person would yep. say about Morocco. She says, since Morocco is trending, let's talk about their free healthcare system. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't you wish life came with a user manual? I've needed that a lot. Trust me. Stuff goes wrong, even for myself and the other co-hosts here at Good Morning Liberty. Unfortunately, we don't get that user manual. You just kind of figure it out on your own. Hope you're making the best decisions. Maybe it's a career change or relationship. You could be a new parent. Pretty easy to get stuck. We don't have that user manual, but we do have better help. Therapists can help you figure out that whole stuck feeling, help you build better coping skills, and work through those tough decisions. I have done therapy before. Some of the best things I've done in my life, some of the best changes that I've made were because I was talking to a therapist. It was not easy when I did it. It was actually pretty tough. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I am really glad that I did it. It's not about a therapist making decisions for you. It's about becoming a healthy version of yourself so you can make the best decisions on your own. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out the brief question there, the match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash GML. And she attaches this screenshot about Morocco. It says, Morocco's health insurance system guarantees free care to anyone. However, it is specifically free for anyone living in poverty at any clinic that Morocco's government runs as long as the clinics obtain a certificate. Thankfully, the poverty rate in Morocco is as low as 3.6%. And I mean, holy hell, look at this country that has... uh, uh, less they're they're lower on the freedom index than we are. We'll just say it that way. Like number sixty or something on the you know heritage freedom index. And then they give free health care of course to anyone, especially if they're in poverty. They guarantee health care. 
and then their poverty rate in this country is all the way down to 3.6. Well, hell, the U.S.'s uh, poverty rate, what's that, at like 11 or 12? Something I'm just assuming. Twelve percent for a long time. For about fifty years now, it's been hovering mm-hmm. around twelve percent. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where it's at still. And so, look at this, just owned by Nina Turner, giving us all these facts on Morocco. Even some of her uh, followers chimed in. This person says Morocco impresses me. A, healthcare is free for those in poverty. B, their poverty rate is less than four percent. Of their citizens and see their soccer team is awesome. Mm. People in Morocco is like, what the hell is soccer? What are you talking about? Yeah. And this person says, surely the U.S. should be able to learn from a small Muslim African Saharan country. Yeah. That's how I define them in my mind. These yeah. people are just well educated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good stuff. Mm. So the U.S. should be able to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we just do what they do, Charlie? I can't believe we haven't heard of Morocco before. I'm, you know? Never heard of it. Can't believe they haven't been <laughs> trending before as one of the greatest places to live. I know. And and the, in fact, I, I can't believe we haven't heard of their, you know, their immigration stories. Are they good? People flooding Morocco to come in. I've been on the wait list for a long time trying to get over there. <laughs> because it's just so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's the annoying part. And this is why the problem It's not Nina. Nina, it's not about you. Okay, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I know that hurts your feelings. It's not about you. This is an ideology of the left. What I wonder is, what is it that they actually care about? Is it just like equality? Is it just that there aren't rich people? Is it just that something is free or provided by the government? Is that what it is? Is that is it an entire ideology just purely based out of envy, uh, which is really just greed for other people's stuff? Is that, is that really what this is? Because things aren't that awesome in Morocco that uh, less than 4% poverty rate that she's talking about, that, that's people who make less than $3 a day. They've done a great job. Now, to less than $1.90, that's actually much lower around the percent. When you go to 3 then it gets around that percent that, uh, that she was talking about. So less than three bucks a day. She's actually talking about how low their poverty rate is, but you're you're talking about the the extreme levels of poverty index that that we've been trying to alleviate mm-hmm. around the world. Not eighteen thousand five hundred dollars or whatever the level is in the United States. Not that at all. Yeah, in fact, their upper the upper middle income class poverty line. Thirty-one percent, less than five dollars a day. Thirty-one five fifty, five fifty a day. Five fifty, yeah. And we're arguing about twenty-five dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah. But Neither. we got stuff to learn from them, though, yeah. man, because they got free health care. Exactly. And that's what we need is free health care, like Morocco, and they provide it to everyone who's in poverty. By the way, that's everyone who is below three dollars a day. They get it. Uh, not the the other. Here's a couple things about health care in Morocco. I'll, uh, I'll just tell you a couple things real fast. So they're going through a lot of reforms right now, which is uh, they've got both a public and private hospital system. The private sector is divided into not-for-profit not for and profit, kind of like us. Uh, the public sector is more affordable, but it's unable to provide the same standard of care as the private sector. It's weird. Hmm. Never heard of that ever happening before. Due to the ongoing reforms, the World Health Organization has outlined uh, the management of the public hospitals to, to lack of a 
policy to manage and develop human resources uh, to be some of Moroccan health system's main challenges. By the way, uh, I think their ratio of healthcare workers to people, uh, 7.9 health workers to 10,000 people. 7.9. The uh, the WHO's bottom line standard is one per 650, and they're they're not quite not quite there yet. All right, it's free. Lack of a set. La- it's it's free. It's provided to everyone who's in poverty. Limited accessibility to healthcare, coinciding with the cost barriers and limited healthcare personnel. Many Moroccans like access to healthcare outside of the urban centers, rural and remote areas in Morocco are often underserved, and citizens have to travel long distances to receive primary care uh, to attract and re- retain healthcare workers in those underserved areas. The Moroccan Ministry of Health proposed legislation in 2015 for new graduates to work for in those underserved areas for two years. And they also talk about gender inequality when it comes to health care. And uh, the infant mortality rate, 21.9 deaths per 1,000 live births in 2017. Mm. I think ours is like four. It's free, though. It's free. Yeah, free death. And so, <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't got to pay for it, man. Yeah. Your kid may die. You know, a little higher chance of your kid dying, but, uh, you know, well. Also, it looks like uh, 50% of women with credentials are unemployed. Mm. Yeah. That's great. We've got some stuff to learn from them. Mm-hmm. You know? that I, So instead of just making fun of Nina on this for being so dumb, what this more bothers me about is the, this being such a leftist idea. You see, Morocco really does sound good purely for the fact that their poverty rate is low you can just say that and then their health care is free to people that are in poverty and that's some type of goal that we need to strive towards in the united states like this is our aim that's all they care about we could let our country fall crumble to pieces if you want to aim towards what they've got yeah we could probably do that for mm. you it wouldn't be that hard probably won't cost anything oh yeah yeah, I say we kick 50% of the women out of the workforce. <laughs> um, you know, they don't need to be working. Mm-hmm. We need to fire about 75% of our healthcare workers, yeah. from what I can tell. Looks like we need to lower the minimum wage back down to around 50, 50 cents, cents, 75 yeah, like cents. Yeah, yeah. It's too high. Yeah. That's the pro. We can learn things from Morocco. We, uh, we have too much. This is not a dumb bleep. This is, she's right. Yeah. We have too much. We expect too much. <laughs> You know, if we lower, we could have zero poverty, actually. If we low, just lower the poverty rate, mm-hmm. you know? Anyone making less than nothing? Mm-hmm. We could have free health care. So you know? this, is, uh, this is just back to that old question of uh, what is it that leftists care about? Is it, is it that they love the poor? Do they hate the rich? Is that it? Could you imagine, like, you go visit your dentist, like, in an alley, you know? <laughs> Just got a chair set up. Have a back alley, you know, tooth pulling. For those of you in Nashville, it's like in Printer's Alley, you know. <laughs> so like, there'd be a line around the block for that one. Got a chair set up outside, you know, underneath an awning, in case it rains or whatever. And uh, and you got to like huff gasoline to get high enough or something. I don't know. And and that way you can perform dental work without it hurting too bad. And then, but it's free. It's all free. You know. That's good. Yeah. At least no one's making a ton of money off of it. Or, you know, you're a woman giving, giving birth and you're, you know, you're in, uh, some guy's bedroom, you know, 
and they're not wearing any gloves or anything like that. And, and you know, they just go in there and, you know, just <laughs> rip the baby out. It may die. I'm really but, glad that but I it's have that free. in my head now. <laughs> but it's free, you know? So there is something that could end up being big news tomorrow. It's free. It is free. Yeah. Just like this uh, fusion energy that we might be getting before <laughs> the end of our lifetimes. I wanted to mention this. This is a potential good thing over the weekend. Sorry, one more. Jeff from the okay. live group says, which you can go join gml.com. Mm-hmm. He says, I know a guy who gives mammograms out of his van <laughs> for free. It's called a manogram. For free, yeah. A vanogram. Yeah. Vanograms. Yeah. Hands, I like it. Yeah, he's a hands-on guy. <laughs> well, Jeff, is it for free? Because if it's free, then what does it matter? Then it's totally fine. Yeah. Who cares? So just a little bit of information. Apparently tomorrow, the Department of Energy is going to be announcing a, a U.S. breakthrough on nuclear, on, on fusion energy. Hmm. All right. Wait, is it fusion or fission? I can't remember fusion. anymore. It's okay. fusion. All right. Make it, that's right. I'm going to do the fission part. Fusion. So this, uh, the Lawrence Livermore National Labs, they've been conducting fusion experiments at the National Ignition Facility. I saw this on every news outlet today, Washington Post, New York Times, Reuters, all of them, towards the top, saying that the Department of Energy was going to be announcing this. I uh, didn't bring in a screenshot for it or anything, though, because I didn't know uh, how much we were going to get through today. So there's a giant lab about the size of a sports stadium out there. Uh, with the equipment guides, amplifies, reflects, focuses 192 powerful laser beams into a target about the size of a pencil eraser in a few billionths of a second. Basically, here's the goal. They're going to put all this stuff together, and it's going to create more energy than they used to make that energy. And then we have like our own sun, pretty much. Or you can make your own actual Iron Man suit after hmm. that. You know, just a little nice. thing glowing all the time. Nice. You're pretty cool. And so the idea here is that we don't need anything else for energy anymore. Once you, once you learn how to do this, which they're learning how, kind of expensive to do, a little bit expensive. The Washington Post points this out. They say uh, creating the net game required engagement with one of the largest lasers in the world. Resources needed to recreate the, to recreate the reaction on the scale required to make fusion practical for energy production are immense. More importantly, engineers have yet to develop machinery capable of affordably turning that reaction into electricity that can be practically deployed to the power grid. Building devices that are large enough to create fusion power at scale, scientists say, would require materials that are extraordinarily difficult to produce. At the same time, the reaction creates neutrons that are put tremendous amount of stress on the equipment creating it, such that it can get destroyed in the process. Mm. I think there was a similar thing written about the first time Thomas Edison made a light bulb go for 13 hours. Pretty sure. Like, uh, what we saw, uh, the freaking uh, bulb just can't handle it that long. Plus, we don't know what they're going to do with it. You know? So, what, you know, what are we going to do with this thing? Of course, they don't have all of the other practical applications for this yet. They haven't actually created the way of making the energy. They'll get to that point. Okay. <coughs> so, the, the cool part about this is that once... If they, if they can do this, and if we can use it for electricity, this whole conversation about climate change and fossil fuels and solar panels and wind turbines, it's all gone after that. You just got energy, and it's there. And you can make as much, presumably, as you want to from it. Just unlimited amounts. So you can create that wheel. Yes, the thing that actually creates yeah. more energy than it took to, to make it move there in the go. first place. That's- so, <laughs> 
the, yeah. uh, this um this aerospace engineer wrote a pretty cool thing. Uh, Robert Zubrim was talking about why this would be so important. I wanted to tell you. He said the reason we need fusion is to destroy the Malthusian belief system, uh, which is the preeminent threat to human civilization today. If one accepts the idea that resources are limited, then all nations are fundamentally enemies, and the only issue is who is going to kill whom in order to claim what's available. At bottom, this was the source of the major catastrophes of the 20th century. It could cause far worse than 21st. This mindset, however, is false. We are not threatened by there being too many people. We are threatened by people who think there are too many people. I think that's a pretty pretty cool line. So the Malthusian thing would be that, that humans are this catastrophe on earth and we there's too many of us and you know there's just no way that we can handle it's not enough resources there's not enough resources we don't create the resources uh to sustain the growth of of human beings that if you think about that idea that does under undergird a lot of left ideology i would say that we're a disease a terrible thing on the planet and uh, we need to eat the babies of course Mm. because uh we're destroying the planet so he says fusion power can save us by refuting the limited resource thesis. The amount of, I don't know what this, uh, fusion fuel present in one gallon of water contains as much energy as that produced by burning 350 gallons of gasoline. So he said that's all water on earth, fresh or salt, contains this fuel for fusion. So he's saying that this is basically unlimited energy. With enough energy, you can do anything. The entire history of human civilization, we have not used up a single kilogram of iron or aluminum. When I read that, I was like, what? He said, we've just degraded some matter from more convenient to less convenient forms. He's saying is the matter is still here on the planet. We Mm -hmm. haven't actually used any of it up. With enough energy, we can rearrange it back, recycling it faster and faster from one form to another. We will never run out of anything Hmm. because it will a pure recycling process. Furthermore, fusion does not simply represent unlimited energy. It is a new kind of energy with which we could do things that we simply can't do now. With fusion power, for instance, we could create fusion rockets, which could attain speeds of up to 10% of the speed of light, opening our path to the stars. Jesus. And, and so the Department of Energy is going to make this announcement tomorrow. It's not all this cool stuff yet, but none of the other great discoveries throughout mankind's history were that thing when they were discovered either. Yeah. I just think it's cool. We're working on stuff like this, you know? Yeah. You know, putting pig hearts (laughs) and people down in New Guinea. I just think it's cool. We're, we're doing this kind of stuff. You know, we'll see if the, uh, environmentalists actually get behind something that would stop all carbon pollution. Yeah. Well, I think the human mindset of this, you know, Malthusian, Malthusian mindset with all the, kingdoms and the raping and pillaging <laughs> and uh even right now i mean i just saw a bread where um have you heard of the BRICS banking system the, i've heard of BRICS, yeah yeah the where russia and china mm-hmm. and india um brazil they're all getting together they're going to create a currency backed by gold it seems um and they want to trade oil looks like they're going to have saudi arabia on board Potentially. Whoever is creating this fusion energy and comes up with ways to actually use it, they might be the most wanted person on the planet. You know, like that guy. Remember the story? I don't know. The guy who created like the engine that could run off of water or mm-hmm. whatever, and he turns up dead, of course. Yeah. You know. Apparently that's happened multiple times. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's just like a, 
in the urban legend. I, yeah. Maybe. I'll have to look it up. Someone's going to send me an email telling me whether or not it's an urban legend at well, Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. We've always had this fear mindset that's been, I mean, we were going to run out of food by the year 2000, I think, right? Well, several times we were going to Several times, like, no, yeah. We, we, 1800, we, 1900. Yeah, it's like we never, it, you know, human ingenuity is never a factor as a variable in those calculations that they do. You know, it's like, obviously everything's going to remain the same forever. Nothing, we're not going to invent anything else. Well, we can't imagine what it is. Like, it's you're like asking, we're going to run out of oil, but then we find all these reserves, you know? And it's like, um, you know, Saudi Arabia and China are going to get together and they're no longer going to trade. And what, what do you think the United States is going to do? Just lay down? The reason you know, no, we have enough reserves to to keep the United States going for what ten thousand years or something long, like that. We have plenty. Yeah, there's no just, no problem. Just do our own. The uh, the reason it's so important to allow individuals to create things unimpeded by the government is that any of these little inventions, you never you can't imagine these things are going to pop up. Like when when Henry Ford was uh, recreating or creating the assembly line, he wasn't thinking about Uber being valued at, uh, at $20 billion when they never made any money before or anything like that. That's not what he was thinking about. It takes like a couple people to come up with these ideas, and you never know what person's going to come up with it. And I can't predict what they're going to be. You can't, and the government body can't predict what they're going to be. And that's why it's so oppressive and it's so destructive. I mean, of, I can of the future. I can, but I would sure never want to wield that power over <laughs> you anyone. You, know? you don't want to. So you're all everybody's in luck. You've seen the future. <laughs> yeah, you know. I am the future. I'm gonna let some other people have a piece, though, yeah. right? All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, or foe. Go to joingmail.com, be part of the live group, hang out with us, make fun of me, love on Nate. It's a good, good time. You guys missed one hell of a pre-show today. <laughs> it was riveting. And uh, undoubtedly, probably our best pre-show. It was the best pre-show I've ever had. We've, we've ever done. And mm-hmm. you would not know no. unless you were part of the live group. So go to joingmail.com. Go to godhatesfeds.com. Get yourself a t-shirt a mug, a sticker, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Uh, you can find it. Godhatesfeds.com. Anything you want, you can find at Godhatesfeds.com. And if there's something else you want, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only options. Learn about the market. Is it going to go up or down? No one knows. But what we do know is that you can take a crash course, crash course by Nate at Nate'sCrashCourse.com. Nate'sCrashCourse.com. And if you do all those things, we'll be back again on Wednesday as a pair. You singing? On Wednesday. Yeah. As a pair. But I'll uh, be here tomorrow. But Nate will be something. here tomorrow with some special guests. So <laughs> until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>